The cross is the universal symbol of the Christian faith. But through the years and in different countries all around the world, there have been different styles of crosses that have represented Christianity. Barbara Rainey says that's a good thing. Jesus is universal. He's not American. He's not Western. He's for everyone from every tribe and every tongue and every nation from every era. And so I wanted to have crosses that were international, that sort of brought us back to the idea that Jesus is for all people for all time, because Christ has been pushing into country after country around the world since he left us. And the message is continuing to go on into every nation and every language. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. This is the season of the year when all of us should be surveying the wondrous cross. We'll talk on today's program about how we can make the cross more central to our celebration of Easter. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. The guy who leads worship at our church knows that on the Sunday before Thanksgiving, he is going to be leading two hymns, Come Ye Thankful People, Come. And, and I we, want to guess it's one of the Gettys songs. No. Really? We gather together. You're kind of a, you're kind of a Getty groupie. I, I, <laughs> I would not call me a groupie. A Getty groupie. I, that kind of has that has a sound I, to I it. Am a, I am a. I am. I. I have a great appreciation for their work, and we sing a lot of their hymns in our in our worship service. But on the Sunday before Thanksgiving, it's always we gather together and come, ye thankful people, come. The next Sunday, which is always the first Sunday in Advent, we always sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and we sing Come, Thou Long Expected Jesus. You have to sing those on the first Sunday in Advent. And on Palm Sunday, which is coming up here in a couple weeks, on Palm Sunday, we always sing All Glory, Laud, and Honor to the Redeemer King. Do you remember that song? Because it's about the kids in the palm branch. All glory, laud, and honor to the Redeemer King. You heard this? Vaguely. Yes. Through whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas ring. There is something about those traditions— and Michael, the worship leader, is very gracious to indulge us older folks who say we have to sing these things. But there's something about those traditions that are That's rich right. with meaning. That's right. No doubt about it. And the voice you're hearing saying amen over here is my wife, Barbara. Welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you. The most requested guest we have on Family Life Today. Dennis in fact, requests you every time. He, in yes. fact, he says, can we have Barbara on some more? <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. But we're all about Easter and wanting to regain the high ground, mm-hmm. the holy ground for the Easter season. And you've got a big idea, Barbara, and it's all about contrasting what Christmas is all about with Easter, just kind of calling families to focus on something really fresh and new this Easter season. Well, my big idea is that God would grant us the favor in helping us as believers raise our awareness of the importance of the holiday of Easter. We put so much energy, money, time, effort into Christmas, and there's nothing wrong with that. But by comparison, we spend very little time, very little money, very little energy, very little preparation to celebrate the greatest moment of history, which is Resurrection Sunday. And so I'm hopeful that over the course of time, as God grants favor, that we can help believers understand 
the importance of this holiday, the magnificence of what Christ has done for us, and then help them understand some new and fun ways that they can celebrate that day and make it meaningful. Because as you just said, Bob, it's their traditions that help tie those things to our hearts. And the more our kids understand the truth of why we celebrate, why we do what we do, the more it becomes embedded in their hearts and in their souls. And they go, this is important. This has to mean something. Otherwise, mom and dad and the other adults wouldn't have made such a big deal about it. Yeah, we we spend the entire month of December preparing Mm -hmm. for Christmas Day. And it's all about giving. You think we need to be spending the weeks leading up to Easter focusing on what theme around Easter? Focusing on the theme of forgiveness. Forgiveness is something that we all need. We all need it individually because we all have offended God at our core because of our selfishness. And so we all individually need forgiveness. But every one of us needs forgiveness, and we need to understand how it works. We need to understand how to give it, how to grant it. We need to understand the whole process because in relationships with people, We need to practice forgiveness. So in your marriage, in your home with your kids, your kids need to learn how to forgive one another at school with kids in the playground and classmates and bullies and teachers that aren't fair and all of that stuff, business relationships. We all need to understand and practice forgiveness, those of us who are called by Christ. And so focusing on forgiveness at Easter because of what Christ did for us, and then the practical application into our lives of how we can be better forgivers. And I think that's what a family is all about that's following Christ, is learning how to forgive and love people just as God in Christ loved and forgave us. And this is something that has been a passion of yours for, what's well, a growing passion? Because I've heard you talk about this pretty much mm-hmm. every spring for the last couple of years at least. Right. You have been raising the the banner on Easter Mm -hmm. and saying, let's draw some attention to this holiday. Let's use it as a discipling tool in our Mm -hmm. home. And not just for our kids, because our hearts need to be drawn back to this theme as well. Yeah, and I think that it's it it is a growing thing for me. It's a growing passion that I have. When our children were little I remember wanting to make more of Easter and wanted to do more for Easter, but I didn't really know what to do, and I was so busy and overwhelmed, and so I I couldn't, I didn't do anything. So you created something called Behold the Lamb. Yeah, so after our kids left, I I had the time and the freedom to be able to think creatively. What would I have liked to to have had when I was a mom raising kids. And so one of the things that we created is Behold the Lamb, and it comes with this cute little metal tin, and inside are eight cards. And what I like about those is I can picture myself doing that with my kids when they were at home and they were growing up, because each of them have a very short little lesson, I guess for lack of a better word, that you can probably read in Three minutes, four minutes. It doesn't take very long. I've done it with our grandkids. They're they're all around the statements that Christ made, I am. Exactly. I am the Messiah. I'm the bread of life, the light of the world. I'm the door. I took one of our grandkids through this. It took me less than five minutes, I know, because my grandchild stayed on my lap Mm -hmm. the entire time. It didn't crawl off. Mm. And uh, it was interesting. You were able to communicate the importance of what it meant when Jesus said, I am the bread of life in a practical way to him or her and uh, bring them into the celebration of Easter. Yeah, it gives moms and dads something that's very easy to do. Pick out a card, 
read a card as the kids are packing their lunches or you're eating breakfast or whatever. Just read it very, very quickly or have one of your kids read it while you're driving in the car to school. But it sort of sets the tone not only for the day, but it's a way to do something meaningful every day of Holy Week leading up to Easter. Yeah, you mentioned there are eight of these cards, so the thought would be you could get the the card holder out mm-hmm. on Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. and that would be when you would read the first of That's the correct. eight cards, That's one a day, and then on Easter Sunday, eight days later, you get to I am the resurrection and the life, and you get a chance to unfold the resurrection of Christ, right? Correct. And so what it does is it allows you as parents to engage your kids in the meaning of Easter on those days leading up to Easter. So there's something to read every day for those eight days up until Easter Sunday. Now, is this something you can read to a five-year-old or a yep. 10-year-old or a 15-year-old? or? I think you can read it to as young as five-year-olds, yeah, through 18. I mean... You know, the 18-year-olds, I don't think they're going to be bored by it because it's short. They're not going to roll their eyes and go, oh, it's another story about David and Goliath. These are stories about what Christ did each of the days of his last week of life. So when you look at that and you think about Jesus coming into the temple and an 18-year-old, 16-year-old, they can imagine what that might have been like because he knew he was about to be executed. Mm -hmm. And so as you lead your children into thinking about these You just don't know when they get off the bus or when they are walking between classes what they're thinking about. It's a way to invest spiritually in your children leading up to Easter. You actually got an email from a a radio listener who wrote quite a story about a little boy by the name of Nathan. Nathan, yeah. This mom wrote a, a really long story about the whole process, but the bottom line is is that she used the Behold the Lamb cards And as God would have it, when they read the Palm Sunday story, Nathan decided that that was the impetus for him wanting to receive Christ. Yeah, I'm reading it. The little boy turned to his mom and he said, Mom, you're kind of talking about things that are eternal. When I die, will I go to heaven? And so it gave the mom an opportunity Mm -hmm. to talk about how Jesus is the door. He's the way, the truth, the life. He's how you get to heaven and you can have a personal relationship with him. And she led him to Christ at that point. But it was the end of a lot of conversations Mm -hmm. she had had with that little boy. And these cards can go back in the card holder, but you've also... You've got, a, what is it, a chain? Yeah, if you buy it, it comes with a, what we, we call it a chain garland. It's a chain that has 15 little metal clips, and you can clip the cards on the chain, hang it on your fireplace mantle, or you can hang it on a wall, or you can put you know little pushpin tacks on the wall and hang it on that. But it's a way that you can, almost like counting down to days to Christmas, you hang up a card one each day until Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And kids like that. Kids like counting down the days until, I mean, they count down the days till their birthday. They count down the days until school's out. They count down the days until they can go to camp. I mean, there's something about building anticipation that's important for all of us. And so as you read these cards and you hang them up one by one, you're building a sense of anticipation for the grand finale, which is Easter Sunday. And it helps prepare kids' hearts for understanding that this is really a big deal. I was counting down the days till the jelly beans. Yeah, jelly beans at Easter. Yeah, you didn't like jelly no, beans? I didn't like jelly beans. What, did you like the... Chocolate eggs. Yeah, oh, those are good too. <laughs> you got to keep in mind, this was before they created the kind of jelly beans they have today. The gourmet jelly yeah, beans. The, yeah, yeah, no yeah well, about... I might have liked the gourmet jelly beans, but I didn't like the originals. <laughs> well, and in addition to the garland that's hanging in the home that mm-hmm. that is reminding you that Easter is just around the corner, you also have designed 
crosses, and, and listeners who, who were listening at Christmas time remember that we talked about seven crosses, ornaments that could be hung on your Christmas tree. They were called adornaments. Mm-hmm. But you actually had Easter in mind when you made the Christmas ornaments, right? We did. Because the thing about the names of Christ that I think is so important is that we need to know the names of Christ every day of the year, not just at Christmas or not just at some other holiday. We need to be reminded who he is and what he's done for us. So when we created the crosses, we wanted to be able to find a way for them to be displayed at Easter. And as we decorate our homes for Christmas, we wanted to have some things that people could put up at Easter that, again, are visual reminders that help us remember what the Easter holiday is all about. So we have a set of three crosses for Easter. Um, You can put them on your dining room table and create a really nice arrangement, say on Palm Sunday, and it's there all week. And so it's a reminder to the family all week long that this is Easter week, this is Holy Week, this is really a big deal. Um, You can put them on your kitchen counter, you can line them up in a window, put them on the fireplace mantle. The sky's the limit, really, as to how you want to use them. You're not hanging them on a tree. You've no. got You've got stands for them, mm-hmm. and so they can sit on the stands, and they're three different heights, yep, and so it gives a little heights. bit of a, uh, an artistic touch to it, right? Exactly. Thank yes. you. That was yeah. very nice of you. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> and, and, the, and the cool thing about this is when Barbara set out to create adornments, She did so around the names of Christ. The first year was around his Christmas names from Luke and Isaiah. Mm -hmm. The next year were his royal names, and each of the adornments is in the shape of a different crown. This year, you've chosen different crosses from different periods, different eras of church history, and each of these three crosses bears a different name. Correct. And one of the reasons that it was really fun to do, I have to say, to do the research on all the different kinds of crosses, if if you've not ever done it, just Google crosses and look at how many different shapes and sizes and designs there are. It's very fascinating. But it was fun to do the research. But part of the reason I wanted to do it is because Jesus is universal. He's not American. He's not Western. He's for everyone from every tribe and every tongue and every nation from every era. And so I wanted to have crosses that were international, that sort of brought us back to the idea that Jesus is for all people for all time. And so we have a Celtic cross, we have an Armenian cross, we have an Ethiopian cross, we have the Jerusalem cross. The idea is— One of them's right here. It's the anchor cross. Oh, yeah. I forgot the anchor cross. So the idea is is that each shape of the cross— also has history to it because Christ has been pushing into country after country around the world since he left us. And um, the message is continuing to go on into every nation and every language. And the three names that you've selected to display at Easter time mm-hmm. are Great High Priest, mm-hmm. Mediator, Correct. and Messiah. And Messiah is, you know, I mean, we all know Jesus is the Messiah. That That's pretty mm-hmm. common But I'm not sure that people really stop and think about what it means that Jesus was and is the Messiah, the promised one of Mm -hmm. God. Yeah, and what's so interesting is that Jesus was promised from the very beginning. And I don't think that that's as common to all of us as believers as it should be. But from the very beginning, he was promised. And the Jewish people knew it. They knew he was promised. And they looked for centuries for the coming Messiah. And they knew that the Messiah was going to come and deliver them. And Messiah actually means anointed one in Hebrew. Um, it also means Savior. And so 
The term Messiah is a term that was used often in the Bible to refer to this coming one, and we know him as Jesus. Jewish believers know him as Jesus, but most of the Jews do not know who he is yet. They still think he is yet to come. And Jews in the Old Testament had developed a picture of who the coming Messiah would be, what he would look like, Mm -hmm. what he would act like, that was really just one aspect of his messianic ministry. Yeah, the Jews in the Old Testament thought the Messiah was going to come as a conquering king. He was going to deliver them. They had been oppressed over and over and over again. And so they really hung on to those prophecies of him coming to as their deliverer. But they overlooked the fact that Jesus is also spoken of in the Old Testament as one who is going to come and be their suffering servant. He is also going to be their sacrifice. And that missed their, their eyes and their understanding, most of them. Which is why when Jesus was declared as the Messiah when people said, could he be the Messiah? Others looked and said, no, he can't be because he's not here with a sword. With a sword. Mm-hmm. He's not here on a on a horse charging in and toppling political structures. Yeah, he's not a politician. There is a day coming when he'll come when on a horse with right. a sword. And so his messianic ministry will fulfill that picture, Mm -hmm. but they missed the first coming, didn't they? They did, and that's a part of why Easter is such a wonderful celebration, because we not only celebrate what he did for us on the cross, but we celebrate that he's coming back, because that first part of what he was to do is fulfilled, and now we're waiting on the second part. We're waiting on him to come back again, and so I think at Easter, we, we not only celebrate what he did for us in the past, but it's a time to look forward to what he is going to do in the future. And it may be a very near future, too. We've been waiting for a long time, and it may be just around the corner. So that makes celebrating Easter even more fun. It does. And I don't think I've asked you, even though I've watched you create these, why did you pick the Anchor Cross, which is it's really pretty interesting, isn't it, Bob? I don't think I'd ever seen this till Barbara created this, but it's a cross that literally is in the shape of an anchor. I didn't know there was one. Where did you find it, and why did you decide to put Messiah on that cross? Well, two answers to that question. As I was looking through for different shapes of crosses, I found the anchor cross, and when I saw it, I remembered that when I was a child and I went through confirmation class at my church, I don't know if it was my parents or somebody else, but somebody gave me a charm for my charm bracelet. And charm bracelets were really a big deal then. But the charm consisted of three small charms all looped together on one ring. There was a cross, which represented faith. There was a heart, which represented love. And then there was an anchor. And at the time, I had no idea what the anchor meant. But I came to learn that the anchor represents hope. And in 1 Corinthians, we hear faith, hope, and love, these three. So... Faith is the cross, love is the heart, and the anchor is hope. And there's a verse in in Hebrews where it talks about Jesus being the anchor of our soul. And it talks about we have hope because of Jesus being the anchor. And so it was just obvious to put Messiah on the anchor cross because the Messiah is our Savior. He is our hope. He is our anchor. And because of him, we can be sure and we can have a steadfast faith that will not waver because of what he has done for us. Each of these uh, ornaments that you can display on a stand, there is a a card for each one that explains not only the name that's displayed, but a little bit about the cross. So that if your kids are looking and going, that looks like an anchor, you have an opportunity as a mom or a dad to say, well, let me read this to you and explain to them what's uh-huh. going on. Yeah. yeah, because I think we have lost, in the modern church, we've lost a lot of our 
historical Christianity. The Anchor Cross has been around for almost since the time of Christ. It's been around for a long, long time, and I had forgotten all about it, and I don't think too many people even know what it stands for and why it's important. And I think we need to recapture some of that. And so I'm hopeful that the focus on Jesus is our, our Messiah and he, he is also our anchor. He holds our faith steadfast because of what he does. I hope that becomes more common knowledge in the church as we, we talk about who he is and what he did. And I think one of the things we don't, um, we don't talk a lot about today are the Savior's different names. You know, each of these names gives us a different facet. It's almost like he is a diamond, and each of these names is a facet mm-hmm. of his glory and of his character. And you come to know him by virtue of his names and what he's like and who he is. And then passing those names on to our children to introduce them to him as well. And Messiah gets to, at the heart of the issue. Mm-hmm. He came to save us from our sins. That's what Easter is all about. Well, and I really think people need to get a visual of what we've been talking about. I mean, we can describe the resources you've been working on, Barbara, but folks need to see what these crosses look like, what the anchor cross looks like, and uh, what the Ethiopian cross looks like, and the stands that they can hang on, and the other resources you've been working on. Because there's the Easter banner, Mm -hmm. there's the Behold the Lamb chain with the cards that attach to that. You've got a lot of Easter resources you've been working on, and if folks go to everthinehome.com, they can see the complete collection. We put a website together so that folks can see all you've been doing. Again, it is everthinehome.com to see Family Life's collection of resources that have been designed by Barbara Rainey. You can also call if you have any questions about these resources, or you can order over the phone. Our toll-free number is 1-800-FL-TODAY. It's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, then the word today. Or again, go to the Ever Thine Home website, which is everthinehome.com. You know, we have talked for years here on Family Life Today about how strategic holidays can be in a family's life, how you can take advantage of these Uh, naturally occurring dates on a calendar to share biblical truth with your kids. Use this as a discipling opportunity. In fact, it was a couple of decades ago, Dennis, that we developed the resource called Resurrection Eggs that Mm -hmm. puts symbols from Holy Week in these 12 eggs and allow children to learn the Easter story by opening the eggs one egg at a time and learning what the donkey means, and learning why there's a crown of thorns, or learning why there are nails included in the eggs. We've heard some great stories about how parents and grandparents have used this resource with their children, their grandchildren, with neighbor kids, kids at school. And we thought this year we'd love to send a set of resurrection eggs to any listener who will put these eggs to good use. So if you'd like a set All we'd ask is that you would make a donation to help support this ministry, and we are happy to send a set to you. We're listener-supported. We depend on your donations to do the work we do. So if you will go to familylifetoday.com, click the link in the upper right-hand corner of the screen that says, I care, and make an online donation. Be as generous as you can possibly be. We will send you a set of resurrection eggs as our thank you gift for your financial support. 
Again, the website, familylifetoday.com. Click the link that says I care and make an online donation or call 1-800-FL-TODAY. Make your donation over the phone and request a set of resurrection eggs. And, of course, you can mail a donation to Family Life at Box 7111, Little Rock, Arkansas. Our zip code is 72223. Make sure you let us know that you are interested in a set of resurrection eggs when you mail a donation, and we'll get them back to you. And we hope you can join us again tomorrow when we're going to talk more about the names of Jesus that we ought to be meditating on as we head toward the celebration of his resurrection. I hope you can tune in for that. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.